This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess, and we're making movement part of the mom life in episode number 144. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi. This is Kristen from naturalbirthandbabycare.com, and I am super excited to be with you this week for so many reasons. One is because of what we're going to discuss today, which is a topic that is near and dear to my heart, and that is movement during pregnancy and beyond. And also because I've been working on a lot behind the scenes, and I'm starting to get really excited Uh, I'm working on something that I'm hopeful is going to be especially exciting to those of y'all who listen to the podcast because it is going to involve listening um, and it it will also involve video, but there will be audio only for those of you ladies who are listening while you're working around the house or on your commute or whatever. But anyways, I'm really, really, really excited. I'll just say that I've got some amazing people with a lot of wisdom about pregnancy, birth, and baby who are lined up, uh, and they're going to be working on this with me. So I'll probably continue to give y'all hints over the next few weeks, but just know that something really big and really cool is coming, and I'm super excited and honored to be able to work on it. Um, And I'm just kind of feeling fluttery today because really a lot of things are coming together. But anyways, let's let's talk about our podcast topic rather than me continuing to be vague and and driving y'all crazy with teasing. So today I wanted to talk about movement because I think movement is, you know, it's a huge key. And so the first thing that you might might be asking is, what, what are you talking about, Kristen? What is movement? Um, you know, why are you talking about movement? And when I say movement, you could say that I'm talking about exercise. And particularly today, we're going to talk, I don't know, Everything that I talk about is going to be applicable whether you're pre-pregnancy, whether you're pregnant, or whether you've had your baby and are chasing your toddler, whether you're considering a pregnancy when your toddler is now an older child. It doesn't really matter, but we will talk about some pointers specifically for pregnancy. Uh, So you could call what we're talking about exercise, but... I actually don't like using the term exercise anymore, and I, I feel kind of like a hypocrite saying this because I'm constantly telling my kids that they can't really redefine words. <laughs> you know, it's like if popular culture believes X, Y, Z about something, you know, you, you can't just go redefine it and expect everybody to be on the same page with you. Um, and so I realize that there's a certain amount of hubris in the fact that here I am saying that I want to redefine something. But the, the there's a purpose behind it. It's the same it's the same as why some women, myself included, when we think about labor and birth, maybe we don't even call it labor. Like I really like birthing time, which I think may have originated with hypnobabies. Uh, and so anyways, I really like the term birthing time. And I like using the term rushes for contractions, which that one goes way back to spiritual midwifery and Ina May Gaskin and the farm. And it, it kind of still has that vintage hippie feel to it, but I just like it. Uh, and when I'm teaching mama baby birthing classes, I, I use all kinds of different words. Um, 
I, uh, you know, I will use contractions and I really, I use whatever words. So if I have a mom who's talking to me and she's using the word contraction and this and that and the other, um, you know, I'm going to use the words that she uses. But I think that there's value sometimes in defining our own language, especially as women, when we're looking at the fact that much of the language that we use for things has been defined by men who do not experience pregnancy and birth, we, you know, sometimes it's okay to take back our language. And sometimes women do this, and sometimes I think they're over the top. And sometimes I agree with them. And really, at the end of the day, I kind of feel like you should define what works for you and how it works for you. So if you want to call them rushes or surges or pressure waves, which I think is also hypnobabies, if you want to call it your birthing time, whatever you want to do, call it that. So it's in that spirit that I'm going to say I prefer to use the term movement to exercise. And there's a couple reasons specifically why. So one is that exercise has, I don't know, it has strange connotations for many. It depends on who you are. Some some people think exercise, oh, that's torturous. And many people think, oh, exercise, that's something that takes a lot of time. And some people think exercise, that's something only these crazy intense people do who put out memes with their, you know, triplets and their beautiful six-pack abs and or these people who are at the gym every day of the week or they're hardcore CrossFitters or whatever. And if you are one of those people, I do not have a problem with it. I'll tell you, I actually tend to smile when I see uh, a good, healthy strong woman holding her baby on her hip in in a picture because I appreciate the strength that she has because I feel like that's what we tend to see with the memes is we don't we aren't seeing women who look unhealthy we're seeing women who are strong um but at the same time I think that moms are often meant to be a bit padded and I think throughout time that feminine form of like a mother who's soft is something that has been valued for many reasons and by many people. So I don't necessarily think that all of us need to be at the gym getting that really toned look, even though I'll tell you, ladies, if somebody offered to give me, like, you know, some lessons at the gym to get my arms looking a little bit more toned, I wouldn't say no. But exercise often has connotations that are you know, pretty negative for many people. The other reason is that exercise has a strong association with weight loss. And we're going to talk about pregnancy. And pregnant women really shouldn't be losing weight. Now, we're going to dig into this topic, pregnant women and weight loss and that kind of thing, body changes, in next week's podcast episode when we talk about the latest Pinterest storm, which is having a belly-only pregnancy. So hold on for that. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. But I definitely feel like during pregnancy, we should not be focusing on weight loss. And exercise is pretty universally, when you think of exercise, you probably think weight loss or weight control. And that's not really why we exercise during pregnancy. So those are the reasons why I use the word movement. And um, you'll hear me refer to Katie Bowman a few times throughout this podcast. I'd love to get her as a guest on my podcast at some point. Um, She has her own podcast. But I'd love to have her as a guest here on the podcast because she's just really inspirational and she's really the one 
who I feel has done a lot of work uh, on movement. There are many other pioneers who have worked on women's health and pregnancy and postpartum uh, movement, but Katie is really the one who's kind of coined that. Her blog is nutritiousmovement.com. I believe I'll definitely put it in the show notes. But um, so, you know, she's, I like that term movement, and I've kind of, you know, taken that and, and run with it, no pun intended. So having said all of that, why do we even talk about movement during pregnancy? One of the things that I think it's, I guess it's an elephant in the room, is really and truly birth is an athletic event. And when you think about athletic events, we train for them. So you often, you know, women are doing amazing things in the world of sports and you see these women who work hard and who train and and we see women who are in the spotlight who are leading athletes but even if you have you know daughters or sisters or nieces who are in in athletics not at a professional level you see that they work pretty hard and they train to be in peak condition for the day that that meet or that match or that race or whatever is going on. And birth really is an athletic event. Now, one advantage that birthing women have over female athletes is that your body actually does a whole lot to prepare for birthing, even without you lifting a finger. I think that female athletes would probably like to think that, you know, they're going to be getting ready for their athletic event with, while sitting on the couch or while sleeping at night and, you know, except for maybe some mental work that they can do and getting rest and rejuvenation, that's probably not happening. But your body is is doing a lot to prepare for birthing. There are major hormonal changes that go on during pregnancy major hormonal changes. Your body just, every single system of your body changes in response to pregnancy. All of your major systems, your muscles, your respiratory system, your circulatory system, your skeletal system, your um, endocrine system, which is your hormones and everything, that all changes during pregnancy. So your body does a lot to prepare. And movement really is the perfect complement to take what your body is already doing in its wisdom and really getting you ready for the big day, so to speak. And when you're, so if you're preparing for pregnancy or when you're parenting, movement is also a way to add fitness and just really feeling good, moving your body, using your body, and, you know, kind of being intentional about it. So movement, um, I guess a good way to put it is it kind of helps you keep up your core strength and vitality while you're mothering, which is really important. Mothering in and of itself. I mean, being a mom is literally the most exhausting thing I have ever done on every level, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And you just, I, I give thanks to God every day that I'm in relatively good physical health and that I just... I have the energy and the stamina to do what needs to be done. I apologize, ladies. I'm just going to say right now, if you hear background noise, because I, I don't know if you can hear it, but I can, and I apparently have children who the girls are sorting through clothes to pick out winter outfits, 
and the boys are constructing large towers of some sort of building apparatus that I think it sounds like Phoenix is then sabotaging. So I apologize for that, and their older brothers appear to not be helping very much at keeping them calm. So anyways, I apologize if you occasionally get to hear some theater in the background. But yeah, movement just, it keeps you physically uh, able to do what you need to do because being a mom, being a homemaker, if you're working outside the home, if you're a student, whatever, there are just a lot of physical demands on you. And so movement helps you uh, be ready for that. So movement is movement is something that you can add into your day intentionally to help gently tone your body, gently accustom your body to movement, and gently condition your body to be ready for birth. Because birth, like I said, is an athletic event. And the biggest thing that birth really takes is stamina. So you know that it's usually recommended that you don't multitask, right? But when it comes to movement, multitasking is a good thing. Katie Bowman calls this movement stacking, which is an interesting way to think about it. So it's that you're doing other things and you're getting your movement in while you're doing other things that are just a natural part of your life. I would say that the first recommendation that I will make about your day, and you can definitely movement stack with this, but this is just an intentional way to add movement into your day. And I will admit right here, first and foremost, (laughs) I have been slacking with it a little bit. Uh, Coursework and life and trying to juggle everything has gotten me out of the habit. But anyways, starting with a morning walk. I've found that starting the day with a morning walk is a really powerful way to make sure that you're intentional with movement. And as a mom, it gives you a little bit of space. Now, I will say that throughout my mothering career, this has looked different for me. When I had a bunch of little ones, usually my morning walk was after getting them all up having breakfast, doing a little bit of tidying from breakfast, and then we would all go out and walk. And then as I had kids who were a little bit older, uh, even when I had babies still coming, I tended to take the walk alone more often, and then I would take another walk later in the day with my with my current queue of little ones. Um, but I like taking a walk alone. So What I did for a long time is when Scott would get up and get ready to go to work, I would get up and get his lunch packed. And then I would go walk with our dog after he headed out to work. So we would both walk out the door at the same time. The kids would still be sleeping and I would go and walk. And even now, uh, that's what I like to do is get up before everybody else is really up and get up and get walking. We have a different dog now. We have Adolin rather than Altana. But I enjoy walking with him still. And I like that walk. I do many things on that walk. Pray, think. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. Sometimes i listen to like a recording of a message or sermon that I've wanted to listen to. So it just depends. Sometimes I listen to music. Sometimes, like I said, I just walk and think. Just listen to the sounds of the morning. And in the wintertime, I really enjoy snowshoeing. So I'll snowshoe with our dog. 
And that's something that's it's kind of shifted and morphed. So where you are in your life may mean that your morning walk looks different. And for you, it may be that you have to get up and get heading out to work. And so your morning walk is actually a lunchtime walk or an evening walk. We've had a lot of seasons where Scott and I liked to walk at lunchtime when he was working from home or in the evening. And those were really nice times as well. So you can fit a walk in, a daily walk, in a lot of different ways. But I think starting the day with a walk is a good way to start. Walking is for sure the best quote-unquote pregnancy exercise there is, period. And significant walking is a good idea. Like, you don't want to be power walking. You know, when you think about ladies in their 80 suits power walking around the block on lunch break or in their neighborhood mom groups where they're power walking. That's that's not necessarily what you want to do during pregnancy. Now, once your baby's come and you've, you've healed up pretty well, you may want to go on a brisker walk. Um, but during pregnancy especially, like I said, your pregnant body is preparing itself for birthing without you doing anything. And one of those things that it's doing, one of those changes that's facilitated by hormones is that your joints are, are significantly relaxing and getting softer. And that can that is a good cue for you to take things easier. So often in your first trimester and even into your second, most women don't feel the need to slow down. But once you get to that point in pregnancy where you're noticing that you need to slow down a bit, it's good to honor your body and slow down. So even a hike would be at a lesser pace. But so don't don't exert yourself too much. But if you can get out and walk every day, multiple times a day, or for a good amount of distance, that's really good for both you and your baby and really good to help prepare your body for birthing. So walking the dog, walking by yourself, ambling around, especially if it can be in nature or over natural terrain like walking at a park or walking the trails around your property or if your neighborhood has an area dedicated to walking. That can be a really good idea. Once your baby has come, walking is the ideal thing to start doing when you first begin getting active. I definitely encourage you to take time off and pamper you and then start working on really slow walks with baby Maybe two or three weeks postpartum is a good time to start that. And then you can work up to it by six weeks postpartum. If you want to, you can be going at a brisker pace or you can continue to go at more of a leisurely leisurely pace. Sorry, ladies. Walking with your toddler is a great idea, especially during pregnancy because toddlers often facilitate that ambling. Now, if you have a toddler who's prone to darting off, you may find that you're getting some sprints in there and evaluate those based on how you feel. But walking with a toddler can be great because they tend to go at a bit more of a relaxed pace. They, toddlers live in excitement and awe this state of awe in the world, and it can be really good for your gratitude and for your ability to get a new perspective on things. Toddlers also tend to include fun movement variations like climbing and exploring uneven terrain, and so you can revel in those adventures with your little one and know that those are really good for you and your body as well. And walking again, it just 
it gives you that time to be able to walk, think, dream, let your mind wander, and it may give you the space to work on some things, uh, emotional things. One of the reasons that movement is really good in our day is because it has emotional benefits as well as physical benefits. Okay, let's move on. So being intentional about how you structure your day can help you get more movement in. So I'm going to talk about a few different scenarios. So if you're at home chasing toddlers and preschoolers, be active with your toddler periodically. This is a great age to include things in your home that help facilitate movement in both you and your kids. So things like a simple balance beam, things like exercise balls in varying sizes, uh, things like they, we have them, I don't know if you can get different things, but you know, you could make some by using tree stumps that are kind of cut off, but we have, they're called river stones, and they're basically sturdy plastic mini mountain things, you know, um, stepping stones, really, and we keep those because in the winter time it's really nice to set up. We have a tumbling mat, uh, move the dining room table in the dining room, set up the tumbling mat, set up the river stones. We have a little slide that we can bring indoors in the winter and kind of makes uh, a play area for more active play when it's really cold outside. And you can incorporate things like that into your home that can give your toddler valuable movement experiences and you can enjoy them. I like the river stones a lot because I really like just being able to do a good calf stretch on them. They're great for that. Uh, and so those, everything like that, of course, especially as you're very pregnant, you're going to want to use caution with anything, balance beams or that sort of thing. But in reality, if you've been playing on that kind of equipment throughout your pregnancy and you're making sure that you're prudent about it, just those little changes in movement, um, uneven terrain, so to speak, is really good for you. So being active with your toddler periodically is good. And some rough and tumble, I've never been a mom who's prone to rough and tumble with my kids, I'll admit. But playing a game of hide and seek or that kind of thing with them can also introduce movement and fun and that sort of thing. Um, I've already talked about walks with your toddlers and preschoolers and kids, so those are good things to do. Another thing that's really helpful is to do things on the floor. And again, I've never been rough and tumble. I've also never been a parent who has a real strong tendency to play with my kids, but I do like being with and doing things with them. I enjoy playing board games with them, uh, even simple games that toddlers can play like hullabaloo. Uh, I, I'm a fan of Twister, even though the rest of my family tends to groan when we play it, but I think it's fun. Um, but also one thing that I do frequently is read on the floor with my kids because being on the floor, squatting for a bit, squatting down, adding squatting into your day can really be helpful, um, squatting down to help them pick up their toys and stuff. But reading on the floor where you're sitting on the floor and especially where you have your legs extended or maybe your tailor sitting, but those kinds of movement variations and getting those in and just Spending time on the floor and not in chairs always can be really helpful. And so that's ways you can incorporate that into your day with your kids. If you're a homemaker, so if you're home all day, then spreading your chores out and doing your housework throughout the day 
can be a good way to get movement in, especially, so we're a homeschooling family, and then I'm, I keep up with natural birth and baby care. I do coursework as well. So homeschooling, I'm often sitting in the morning doing work with kids, and then in the afternoon, I'm often sitting doing things like recording a podcast or writing an article or doing research for a paper, that sort of thing. So for me, spreading out throughout the day, different things that I need to do around the home is really helpful for getting me up and moving, like transferring laundry from the washer and the dryer. Hanging laundry can be a great idea. I will admit at this point in my life, I do not hang my laundry. I just have too much else going on. But it can be a nice thing to do to stretch and to feel like you're getting some movement in. One thing I do enjoy doing is and I'm thinking about it right now because we're we're seeing winter weather starting up here is I like tending the wood stove. Now, I do have my older boys bring in the lion's share of the wood, but I enjoy moving the wood around, squatting down to check the wood stove during the day. That sort of thing. It gives me an opportunity to be up and to move and to be active. Uh, getting lunch prepared, all those other things give you an opportunity to be active. And I try and stagger that throughout the day. So I have some time in the morning where I do little things, tidying, like maybe switch laundry loads around. But especially the morning is when I tidy up our bedroom, make sure that our bed is made and looks nice, tidy up our bathroom. Because throughout the day, it gives me a a peace of mind boost and a sense of satisfaction and joy to be able to walk into our room even for a moment and it's kind of an oasis of peace so I do that that little bit of tidying first thing in the morning and then I get the kids breakfast going and everything I'm active in the kitchen I'll often unload the dishwasher a bit to assist whatever child is assigned to morning dishwashing duty at that time right now it's Asher but then um Later on in the day, like around lunchtime, getting lunch ready and then doing some other things, checking that laundry, maybe doing some dusting or things like that. And sometimes I do tasks just because I want to get some more movement in, like things that in seasons where there's a lot of stress, I would let, I wouldn't do, like washing mirrors or scrubbing the tub or that sort of thing. Sometimes I'll do those things during seasons where life is moving smoothly just because it gives me some time to move. And often a little one wants to help. And so that's a bonding moment for them as well. And then in the evening, again, there's food preparation. Um, I think I was on Katie Bowman's site. I remember reading, I think it was a guy that, that was giving kind of sharing how he incorporates movement into his day. And he said that he, he put his cutting board down on the floor and chopped his veggies there. I think I remember that correctly, which is pretty funny. But anyways, you know, there's different ways that you can incorporate movement um, into your day. Even as you're about the house, you can really end up with a lot of movement. And, and especially when we think about our foremothers and how much physical activity there was just in running their house their homes and I am grateful that we live in an age where machines do the lion's share of the work but there's still something joyful in doing things like tending the fire mopping or sweeping or I love vacuuming vacuuming the floor that was I can remember being a little little kid and loving vacuuming and I still enjoy it maybe because you get the movement and the sense of satisfaction and seeing the floor that our 
children just manage to get a huge mess, get all cleaned up. So those are ways just throughout the day that you can work movement in if you're at home. If you are at the office, I think you may need to be a little bit more intentional to break the monotony, the movement monotony of sitting in at a desk all day. So you're going to have to be more intentional. And this is a little bit what I hinted at when I talked about in the afternoon. I'm often doing things for the website or uh, classwork. And so I need to be intentional. Uh, I like using Pomodoro, the Pomodoro technique, which I can't remember if I've talked about that on another podcast episode, but you can just search for it, Pomodoro technique. And it's just basically you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you, you get up and stretch and move and that sort of thing. So that it's a productivity thing, but it also incorporates taking a brief break, letting your eyes rest, especially if you've been staring at a screen or reading papers and getting up, moving, stretching. So if you incorporate something like that into your work day, that would be a really good thing. If if your work involves being on your feet a lot, finding ways to vary that up could be helpful. So it's basically looking for ways that you can you can uh, create variety of movement in your day, even if you're at the office or even if you have to stand for long periods. So finding ways to get up and move around, finding ways to sit down, finding ways to squat, and that sort of thing, if possible, in your day can be helpful. And some professions are going to lend to that more easily than others. Like if you're teaching younger grades or you're a nurse um, working in a place where you really act, have to be active with your patients, you're going to get more movement in than if you're, say, a cubicle worker or you're a cashier. So it's just looking at your day and being more intentional. And it may mean that you need to be more intentional with your movement when you're at home, really shaking things up, not coming home and plopping down on the couch but instead sitting on the floor or even sitting on the birth ball for a bit and just kind of shaking things up and adding that intentionality in. Um, Think about alternating sitting and standing. Can you work in alternate locations sometimes? Those things are really helpful. Other ways that you can consider movement stacking are when you're doing things that you normally that you normally do, but can you add movement into it? So again, Katie Bowman has lots of great ideas for this, and one of the things that she talks about is when she's on the phone, she's almost always moving. She's almost always walking. Last year when we were going through some challenges, um, family-related challenges, I ended up on the phone a lot, and that was one thing that I found helped me for multiple reasons would be to go outside and and walk while I was on the phone, especially longer or stressful phone calls. So thinking about how you can how you can take an activity that you normally do and add movement into it can be helpful to you. I've mentioned squatting a few times before, but I want to talk about it intentionally, especially because if you're pregnant, squatting is a great exercise. Squatting is a great exercise anytime because it's a super complex movement that really involves most of the muscle groups in your body. And it's really good for you to do. And it's especially good during pregnancy because it, um, you know, it kind of helps condition your body to a position that's naturally open. And 
so spending time squatting and getting used to squatting and uh, kind of exploring how it feels to say, I want to be open and um, feeling open can be really helpful for you. Um, another idea for getting more movement in is if you can walk to things and places that you're going to. If you can't walk, park farther away, park at the back of the parking lot and walk. I think too, you know, if, if you think it motivates you, it motivates me to have a Fitbit or something similar, then go ahead and have that in your day to help you get your walking in. But also remember to incorporate just movement overall and being dynamic and how you sit and stand and what you do. So you spend time when you read to the kids, you're on the floor with your legs out in front of you. When you're getting things out, getting ready to cook, you squat down to pull things out of the cabinets, the lower cabinets. So think about how can I be dynamic with my movement and not just walking. Walking is great. Like I said, walking is the best pregnancy exercise. I think it's the most gentle postpartum exercise to begin with but how can you incorporate dynamic movement into your day and sometimes just like with parenting if you spend a little bit of time brainstorming and thinking you can probably come up with things that will fit your day and your life it's just it's just taking the time to be intentional about it for a little bit another thing that you can do is structure your space so consider your space and your routines um, Katie Bowman, again, has a lot of information about this. She, she's got a mostly furniture-free house. We're definitely not there yet, though I told my kids I was thinking about chucking the, the den furniture because it's, you know, eight children have done a, done a number on it anyways. Two great choruses of no, but sometimes I think it would be funny just to just to chuck it all and see what happens. But anyways, so you don't have to go furniture free. But considering things like low tables, I know a suggestion that Katie had that I liked was uh, in the den, we're pretty used to low tables anyways because you think about coffee tables. And so having a low table in the den and encouraging your kids to do their homework or their schoolwork there and maybe you sitting there with a book or with some paperwork that you're doing Again, it's that dynamic. You're sitting, but you're sitting in a way that's very different than sitting in a chair in the office or at your desk or at the dining room table. Uh, so having low tables, even if you don't feel like cutting the legs off your dining room table yet, just um, just being lower uh, to the ground, sitting on the floor, those sorts of things, and alternating your movement. That's one of the things I was talking about with walking is if you can be on terrain that's a little bit varied, so your movement is dynamic. That's the kind of thing that feeds your vestibular system. It's really good for your kids. If you've got kids who are really rowdy, um, they may be craving some of that dynamic movement. So start thinking about how you can in intentionally incorporate that into your day. Hanging equipment in your house like pull-up bars um, or mon some people put monkey bars in their house. Those are things that can be a lot of fun, too, for you and your kids. If you're pregnant, please be really careful with dangling or hanging from anything. Um, and if you're newly postpartum, please avoid for at least six weeks, maybe a little bit longer, just to protect those uh, really tender tummy muscles that are just starting to shift back to where they're supposed to be. Now, before we end this podcast, I do, you know, there's the question is, should you use any kind of prenatal exercise or postpartum exercise program? And I think that if you want to, 
that's fine. I know that I sometimes really enjoy having a directed program. I know that Katie has resources on her website. I'm honestly not sure I should have looked before I did the podcast if she's got anything specific for pregnancy. I know she's got articles and podcasts specific for pregnancy, but I don't know if she has a program. But she does have some things about movement. Um, and being able to incorporate movement into your day, talking about things like using yoga blocks and other things like that to just help create dynamic movement in your day. So she's got some resources that may help you think about adding movement in. Uh, I'm a really huge fan of belly dancing during pregnancy. That's definitely dynamic movement. I love the way that it helps you focus on your baby. I can tell you that in a couple of months, uh, I'm going to be able to interview someone on the podcast. I know she's she's getting ready to release some new 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 stuff on Belly Dance for Pregnancy. I've already got a heads up on that. So I'll be interviewing her on the podcast. Um, but that's Maha Al Musa if you want to look at the information that she's got now. But I'm going to be really excited to talk with her. It is her Belly Dance materials that I've used um, ever since my pregnancy with Galen, and I will say uh, it's just really nice because it helps you feel connected with your baby, and especially in my pregnancy with Honor, I struggled with some prenatal depression, and that really helped me feel connected with her, and I think was one of the things that really helped me start to, to be able to rise out of that, that place of darkness and depression. So... I like it. It's definitely, if you like feeling your heart moving and you just, that, you like that energizing movement, prenatal belly dance is a good thing. I'm doing stretching, uh, breath work, stretching, different poses and things like that. Uh, Lots of pregnancy programs on that. Another thing that I've enjoyed that I know that they have in the program, they have adaptations for pregnancy with every exercise routine is the Trim Healthy Mama Work-Ins. Again, if you enjoy feeling invigorated and getting your heart pumping, and especially if you want to do it in a short amount of time, the Trim Healthy Mama Work-Ins are great because they're only about 20 minutes each. And like I said, each one has... Um, I think they call it gentle fit, and sometimes they even have, they'll bring up specifically on the screen how to modify it for pregnancy. So I do think that you can use a prenatal exercise, or if you want to take a class in your area, you can totally do that. But remember that I think it's that just creating that dynamic movement throughout your day is one of the things that's really going to benefit you and your baby and help you to be prepared for birth and to help you feel like you're getting that, um, you know, you're, you're living that vibrant vitality and energy postpartum. And if you're at a place where you feel like you haven't had that you've had a few babies back to back and you want to get that, then starting gently with movement um, and then finding ways to, to ramp it up and incorporate more and more dynamic movement, dynamic positions and things into your day can make a big difference. So with that, we will finish up for today. Like I said, next week we're going to kind of tackle that um, weight loss in pregnancy or not necessarily weight loss, weight control in pregnancy. So if that's something you're interested in, be sure to tune in next week. And with that, if you want more from me, you can head over to trustbirth101.com. That's trustbirth101.com. Sign up for the newsletter and I will let you know about new podcast episodes. I've been doing a lot of 
uh, kind of soul-searching and heartfelt encouragement on pregnancy and birth and how they can be empowering and beautiful and wonderful and can set the stage for a lifetime confidence. It's Maybe it's a little bit ambitious, but it's something I truly feel in my heart. So I've been uh, kind of chatting about a lot of those topics on the newsletter. I would love to have you there. I would love to, if you shoot me an email, reply to any newsletter you get that comes right to me. I would love to chat with you if there's anything on your mind. Otherwise, I will talk to you next week and I hope you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.